The Orange FM. Of Bad Wolf Radio, a discussion and review podcast all about Doctor Who. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with the man who's changed his part so many times he can't even remember where he got his face, Adam Farmer. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, I look in the mirror every morning and I try to figure out who's staring back at me. I have no idea where this ca- face came from. It has angry eyebrows. Angry, <laughs> angry eyebrows. Don't look in the mirror. It's furious. yes i yes good good parts of this episode doctor who is back yes yes long wait but yes doctor who is back and it feels so good it i mean i i was getting to the point where i was enjoying classic doctor who it was a good bridge between series between seasons between doctors but sitting down and watching a modern Doctor Who episode, having a brand new story, brand new episode, no one else had seen this yet, watching it, it felt so good. It was great. So that's your review. We don't have to talk about it. It was great. I just dropped the mic and walked away. I'm done. <laughs> it's over. That's, that's all we need to be well, said. We're closing up shop. It's a wrap. Let's hold off a little bit. We'll, we'll get into the details of this episode. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff happened, and I'm going to say good and bad. I wasn't, you know, I'm not going to, you know, say it was the perfect episode. And you know me. I always find things to <laughs> criticize, but we'll we, we, should, that. we should let everybody know up front that you did watch it at least twice. I so did. we have a good balanced opinion. So before we get into the review of the episode that um, hopefully everyone has watched by now. Um, we we've given you a few days now. Um, there will be spoilers. Yes, there we, will be spoilers. When we get into even probably some of the stuff we're going to talk about in the news, we're going to get into spoilers from this episode. So if you haven't watched it yet, uh, just pause, come back, or go watch the show, come back. And uh, but we're going to give away everything that happened in this episode. But before we get into it, let's talk about a couple news items. We'll just hit them real quick, and then we'll jump right into the episode. Kind of the rumor that's going around right now is Jenna Louise Coleman might be leaving after this one season with Peter Capaldi. She might be leaving at the Christmas special. What do you think about that, Adam? Yeah, I I can't say I'm too surprised. Um, I would not be surprised at all to see her just done. I'm not sure about the chemistry between her and the new Doctor. I'm not sure there is enough chemistry to have her stick around with. I'm not even sure if her character is as special without Matt Smith. There was just something between those two, probably just how the story was written, bringing them together that made watching those two play off of each other. Very special. 
Capaldi isn't going to have that same relationship, that same chemistry. I would be fine watching basically the relationship go up in smoke throughout series eight and then watching her go her own way. How about how about yourself? How do how do these rumors make you feel? That would be interesting. I'm kind of going back to you, what you just said there, that their relationship goes up in smoke and then she kind of goes her own way because that's never really happened, at least not in the modern series. You know, that I'm trying to remember all the different goodbyes, but it seems like everyone that's left, it's always been some kind of a sad parting of ways, um, at least the main companions, and not necessarily like kind of a companion just kind of realizing that they don't want to travel with the Doctor anymore. Yeah, I mean, and if we're going back to, I guess, more of a straight-laced approach to the Doctor, no lovey-dovey stuff, as we were told many, many times throughout this episode, Clara and the Doctor are not boyfriend and girlfriend. There is no romantic relationship there. Don't be fooled. There's nothing going on. Um, I would be fine watching Jenna... Clara come to the realization that this just isn't for her. She was infatuated with the doctor. The doctor led her on or the doctor was infatuated with her. And that just doesn't exist anymore. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Clara as a companion. I like her. Okay. But she's definitely not one of my favorites and I'd be okay with her being gone at the end of the season. It wouldn't bother me. I think um, it makes sense for the, the doctor you know, new doctor to get us get a new companion. Uh, kind of like how Rose, with um, you know, Tennant, you know, she left, she left right after, right, one year, one season into Tennant's tenure. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of the same idea. You know, Clara carries over for this one season, but then she's gone, and then we'll get a brand new companion, and that'll make it'd be kind of a smart move too on their part, because then that gives them another exciting you know, new character to introduce for the beginning of season nine, uh, get people all excited about that. So, so gut check just real quick. We're talking about companion moving on. We're talking about series eight coming to a close, even though we've only watched one episode. So this is a really early gut check. Could you see Capaldi being a one season doctor or do you think he's more than that? I think, Oh, man. I think he's more than that. I hope he's more than that. We had rumors of that, right? We had rumors when Capaldi was first announced or when we first saw Matt Smith regenerate that Capaldi could potentially be one season doctor. Clara would go out with him at the end of Series 8, and Stephen Moffat already has something in the works for what's coming next. Do you think that rumor holds any water at this point? I, I don't think it does. I think we will get at least two seasons of Capaldi. Uh, should we should we check check in on this after every episode that we watch this season? <laughs> I don't know. I felt I feel like I I heard some rumor that he's already signed on for another season, but I could have just been imagining that. Oh no, it, it's definitely possible. I haven't come across the same rumor. I. After watching what I just watched, and like you said, there were there were good parts and there were bad parts. I would probably be more on the side of there were more good parts than bad parts. Or at least there are more good parts involving the Doctor than bad parts involving other things. Um, 
I would say that I definitely want to see what becomes of Copaldi. I would be more than happy if he already has signed on for Series 9 as it comes. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think he needs another season for sure. And we'll talk more about what I liked about him in the episode. But Jenna Coleman, I see what you're saying, the chemistry. It doesn't seem to be as good with Capaldi as it was with Smith. And I think uh, another companion might work better with him. So if she leaves at the Christmas special, it's it's not going to bother me. And that would make for one heck of a Christmas special. And that's, I mean... We're we're kind of going off of one episode of their their uh, chemistry, and obviously, you know, an entire season together, the chemistry may get better. And maybe by the time she leaves at the Christmas special, I'll be like, "Oh no!" and like cry about it. But <laughs> at this point, I'm just based on that first episode. You know, I I think I'm ready for for a change as far as a companion goes. Um, but I liked her. She was. Do you think? Do you think Danny Pink can revitalize the the relationship? No. I mean, Danny Pink's going to be the Rory or the Mickey. You know, he's going to be the, the other man uh, that they'll probably bring along from time to time. That's kind of how I imagine things are going to go with him. Are, are we already putting him in that position of being a, a, a Rory or a Mickey? Or could he be a, uh, a Chesterton? Definitely more a Rory or Mickey than a Chesterton. I mean, really, Chesterton—that's some big fill, big shoes to fill there. He was the man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping that he fills more of that role. I would like him to be—I don't know if buddy buddy is the right way to put it. Towards the the last couple episodes of the classic that we watched, it definitely feel, felt like there was more of a buddy buddy relationship there. I want that type of relationship more than. The um, I don't know, slap up or slap on the back of the head. I can't believe you did this again. How can you be so stupid? Type of relationship that Mickey and Rory both seem to have with the doctor. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit different than those two guys. They did seem to be a little bit more doofuses. <laughs> as much <laughs> as I hate to say that about Rory, because I really liked Rory and I think his character developed uh, great and turned out to be, you know, a pretty a pretty cool character. But yeah, he had his dumb moments and kind of like Amy was definitely the the power of the that couple. But um man, how did we switch all the way from talking about Jenna Louise Coleman leaving the show to talking about Danny Pink? Um, Sorry, I'm I'm just all over the place tonight. <laughs> we're going on crazy rabbit trails. But um <laughs> yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh the titles that have been revealed about uh season eight we now know every single title for the rest of the season so let's look at these and kind of maybe you know do a little bit of speculation based on the titles or maybe talk a little bit about it but uh let's see here so obviously we know episode one was deep breath we've already seen that but yeah which i was really i was really excited just to see how the whole title played into the episode um but we'll we'll talk about that in a bit yeah and then uh episode two into the dalek so we know in the trailer he said they're going into darkness, but now, according to the title of episode two, they're also going into the Dalek. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. So what I'm what I'm starting to see is there's a lot of um, a lot of images that have come out over over the period of time leading up to series eight. Uh, 
that you kind of were wondering what was happening in those images. And now I'm wondering how well they match up with the titles themselves. Um, So Into the Dalek, there's definitely some rumors floating around as to what that means in the long run. But we have seen images of the incredible shrinking TARDIS. Um, So I am wondering if this might be the episode that those images come to play. And at the end of the episode we just watched, we saw a short trailer for what is coming in this in in that episode into the Dalek. And there's some pretty interesting visuals. And uh, Into the Dalek also introduces Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink. So we don't have to wait too much longer uh, to find out if we're right or wrong about him being the next Mickey or Rory. And I have a feeling that it's going to feel very much like a Matt Smith introduction. But anyways, moving along. No, elaborate. So in the trailer at the end of Deep Breath... um, well, at the end of the episode that we just finished watching, Clara and the doctor wander off to go get their um, coffee and chips or just coffee. And Clara's buying, doctor's fetching, what have you. The trailer that we saw for the next episode is the, doc- is the doctor showing up with coffee and Clara being like, where have you been? And the doctor saying, I got distracted. Um I'm very much expecting a he's going to pop off for five minutes to go fetch coffee. And then he happens to be gone for two years. Um, That's kind of what I'm expecting that we find out in the next episode, because, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how else we can get something to show up with Danny Pink. And Clara still has to go back to the school that she was a teacher at. And anyways, Uh, yeah. so So basically you're saying. He leaves inadvertently for a long period of time. Clara goes back, teaches at the school. Danny Pink becomes involved in her life. And then Doctor shows back up. And now Danny is part of the equation. And boom, everybody's with us. Got it. That that is a sound theory. That is my theory. So episode three, Robot of Sherwood. Uh, We kind of have talked extensively about that one. It looks like the one where he meets, air quotes, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Anything you want to add to that? I am fine with saying at this point that I am wrong. I've spent pretty much the entire off season leading up to the advent of series eight, talking about how the robots of Sherwood would be the clockwork robots. Well, my theory is blown because episode one, Deep Breath, is all about the clockwork robots. So I would have a hard time believing that they would bring back that same character for the third episode. And with the second episode being about the Daleks, I don't think the third episode is going to be about the Daleks uh, either. So I think we're going to be introduced to a brand new robot come episode three. Well, don't feel too bad. I was... I made all kinds of predictions about the first episode based on the trailers, and I was wrong about everything. So (laughs) (laughs) we can get into the the details of what I was wrong about uh, when we get to that. Yes, please. That will be a very enjoyable conversation. Uh, So episode four, Listen, uh, simple title, uh, Stephen Moffat episode. So that could be interesting. Maybe that'll be like the next Blink. Yeah. 
It will be it'll be interesting. Episode one, Stephen Moffat. Episode two, Stephen Moffat with someone else. Episode three, Mark Gatiss. And then episode four, back to Stephen Moffat. It would be really cool if it was just like Blink. I would be all about that. Time Heist, episode five. This, I believe, is the episode that we get um, Keely Hawes as the Miss Del Fox. Um, if you remember images leading up to series eight, there is one. Um, she has like cat eye glasses. Her hair is kind of curled up, kind of poofy. She's in, I think, just a black skirt, black top type of thing. Um, bright red fingernails, if I remember right. I've always been interested to see what her character becomes. And she, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what that one, but I believe that's the episode she's going to show up on. The next one is The Caretaker. Really don't know. You know, that's another, it looks like Stephen Moffat is written or at least partially written a lot of these episodes, including this one and the one uh, we were just talking about, Time Heist. But um, yeah, I really don't know anything about that. Have they released a synopsis for that one yet? I... I'm not sure. The rumors that I've seen on that one is that might be an episode where it sounds like a classroom shows up and travels in the Doctor's TARDIS. I'm not. Uh, uh. I'm wondering if it's reminiscent of the time that Matt Smith took the kids that Clara was babysitting to that one planet where there were Cybermen. I'm I'm not sure though. Huh. And then. Kill the Moon, that's an interesting title. Not like Kill Hitler, but Kill the Actual Moon. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's one. that one is where we get all the um, set images of them wandering around in spacesuits. That's the only place that I can place that one. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be about, though. <laughs> and Episode 8, Mummy on the Orient Express. I am overly excited about this episode. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm excited about it just because it's mummy on a train, Dr. Tardis, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, by far the most interesting title of the season, I would say. But it's also probably the most descriptive. Like, you know exactly what it's going to involve just by the title. Right. And then episode nine, Flatline. The doctor dies, maybe. He has a heart attack. He's old. It's possible. He has Uh, two heart attacks. I was going to say he has has a heart attack. He has uh, myocardial infarctions. Episode 10, we get the word forest in another title, In the Forest of the Night. Yeah. And That's I have no cool. speculation on that. I say we see the Weeping Angel show back up. No, really? Yeah, we'll see him back. What we'll we'll see him show up. What if the episode Listen is about the Weeping Angels? What if it's about something else? It's about gargoyles. And then we find out that gargoyles are actually aliens. Or, no, Listens is going to be about um, garden gnomes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're just going to do everything they possibly can to freak us out about anything we could find in our garden. Anything that we can find outside. Yes. I'm still convinced that there's an angel across the street that slowly pivots to watch me as I run. (laughs) 
I'm just imagining you running as you're kind of like looking over your shoulder and trying not to trip over yourself. Oh, believe you me, it is the best run that I've ever been on. The moment that I like get freaked out, I my pace picks up like no nothing else. <laughs> and then the uh, it looks like the final two episodes of the season are called Dark Water and Death in Heaven. Yeah, looks like it's going to be a two-parter probably, uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit in the episode review. But we did get. You know the you know these clockwork robots that are trying to reach paradise, um, and then there was kind of a cliffhanger at the end, exactly where that was all ended up. So I wonder if that's going to tie back in with this whole idea of death in heaven. I it's it's a Moffat Moffat written episode. I would say that he is going to be drawing all sorts of strings together at the very last episode. I have a feeling that even in the first episode that we've seen, there. There has been more than what we know set up for future episodes. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think we're going to get one of those kind of, you know, crack in the wall kind of things where we're going to have something that's going to keep popping up throughout. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So I guess they're not okay. This just giving us the first twelve episodes, which I believe would be the whole season, um, minus whatever Christmas special we will probably get. That is correct. All right. Well, some interesting titles. Obviously we don't really know much about these episodes yet, but um, I'm excited just based on some of these titles. It looks like there's some pretty interesting stuff coming up. Yeah. And if it's anything like any other past season, as we go through the episodes, more and more will be coming out. Yep. So let's uh, let's get into the episode review. Let's do this. So Doctor Who, we got more Doctor Who. We watched it. I think we both watched it twice. That is correct. You watched it with subtitles on so you could understand what the heck Capaldi was saying. I did because he is amazingly Scottish. Yeah, I was having the hardest time the first time I was watching. I think I was trying too hard to concentrate. And I would... There was times where I was just like, I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> I could not. And I was like, if this is if this is how it's going to be, I don't know if I can get on board with this doctor just because I can't understand him. <laughs> but I did watch it a second time, and it was much easier to understand him the second time around. So I don't know. I might have been really tired. The first time I watched it, I stayed up and watched the Encore showing. Okay. So I didn't watch the, the 8.15 Eastern time. I watched the 12.15 Eastern time. Nice showing. So I stayed up till two a.m. to watch the premiere episode of Doctor Who. So I was, I was a little tired. So that might have that might have been part of the reason why I couldn't understand a lot of what he was saying. True dedication, right there. But um, yeah, right out the gate, we get this dinosaur stomping around London, and uh, he pukes up the TARDIS, <laughs> or she. I think we found yes, out it was a she. It is a she. And I, one thing that we talked about last episode is. In the trailer that we watched, in the images that we saw, the di- the dinosaur looked unusually large. And fresh out of the gate, number one, we're introduced to Vastra and Jenny and Strax again, as we as we mentioned. Pretty big players throughout the entire episode. But one thing that Jenny mentions is, um, isn't it kind of large? And Vastra says, no, they're usually that size. And she says, well, I've seen fossils. Um, and Vastra says, well, I've seen them or something like that. So I was, there. I, I thought, yeah, I was there. 
Um, I thought it was interesting that they mentioned the unusual size of the dinosaur, but then maybe yeah. it just had to be that large in order to get the TARDIS stuck in its throat. It definitely wasn't a T-Rex. It was probably some undis- undiscovered species of dinosaur, because that thing was as tall as Big Ben. It might have been taller than Big Ben. But um, what did you think about the dinosaur inclusion in this episode? I felt like it was kind of pointless. I So here's here's the trouble that I have. The last time we saw Capaldi and Jenna, well, Clara, they were in the TARDIS and Capaldi says his kidney color, right? That's the last, that's the first words that we get out of uh, his mouth is he didn't like the color of his kidneys. Um, And then next time we see them, they're getting spit out of the TARDIS or getting spit out of a dinosaur. I want to know what happened in between that span of, of, the doctor regenerating and then them showing up in a dinosaur. How did they get eaten by a dinosaur to then time travel with the dinosaur on the outside of the TARDIS? It doesn't make any sense to me as to how they got there, why the dinosaurs there. It was a funny way to start the episode, not too amazed by it, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I I, kind of took it as they, they were kind of crashing you know, he regenerates, doesn't really know what's going on. They end up time jumping to somewhere in prehistoric times by accident. And it's like a short-lived, like, dinosaur eats the TARDIS and they jump right back out of there and they end up in London. So I don't think they went on any kind of, like, adventure or anything like that that we're not aware of. I think it just kind of was a quick little accidental stopover in prehistoric times. Gotcha. Although yeah. I can't remember what Clara was wearing at the end of the Christmas special. So if she's not wearing the same outfit, that would kind of ruin my theory. But They do a flashback, and she was. Okay, so yeah. Then I, I definitely think that's what happened. Cool. So I'll, I'll take it. But that wasn't the problem I had with it. I thought it was kind of a... I don't know. We just got dinosaurs last season, and it wasn't the best episode, at least in my opinion. Um... <laughs> And then, you know, did we really need to have another dinosaur this soon? The the dinosaur didn't really do anything. It wasn't there for any purpose and other than the fact that there was some kind of optic nerve fluid that those robots needed. I mean, that could have been any kind of, any creature that could have come along that they could have gotten that from. The fact that it was a dinosaur, I don't know. It just seemed kind of pointless. I thought there would be more to it than just having this dinosaur that's trapped there and then set on fire yeah that's it was it's definitely an interesting part of the episode now that i'm thinking about it this is where i will admit the first thing that i was wrong about and that was (laughs) i said that i thought the dinosaur was going to be mechanical because i thought they would not kill a dinosaur on doctor who they would not light a live animal on fire and i was wrong oh they they did they They did. did they literally burnt a innocent animal alive and that surprised me and not only that but they showed you part of its rib cage burning yeah that was a little disturbing (laughs) the whole that whole thing (laughs) the doctor's like talking to the dinosaur like you know i will get you home i promise you know and then boom dead so yeah yeah that was uh that was kind of sad so there were a couple things 
throughout the episode. One of the first ones with the the dinosaur. Um, so we find out that the doctor can actually speak dinosaur, which I guess shouldn't be surprising to any of us, um, since he can also talk to horses and what have you. Um, but they take him back to the house and he's laying there. And all of a sudden he starts translating for a doctor or for the dinosaur after he falls asleep, after Vastra knocks him out with a, <laughs> how did you like the, um, the, the cartoon character sound when she knocks him out? <laughs> did not like. Yeah. The whole I have no scene, idea where like, that came was, out. It was awkward. Yeah. No, he was like, it was almost sensual. Because <laughs> they're laying, they're sitting on the bed and then he says something like, she tells him to do something and he's like, you know. Are you sure? You know, can you handle me? I forget how he worded it, but it was almost. He said, like, "The size of my brain will hit yours like a piano, or something like that." Yeah, right. Yeah, it was kind of like a "Can you handle my size?" comment, which I was, I thought was a little. I didn't know if they were going for innuendo there, but for some reason, that's the way I took it. <laughs> but then, like once he does get knocked out it honestly sounded like it was wily e. coyote getting knocked out yeah yeah that i did not like that it was yeah it was, it was so weird. cheesy but anyways i mean what we skipped over is the fact that he's scottish and he thinks everybody else has de- has uh, developed a fault which also i think is funny because earlier on he calls clara handles um <laughs> yes so yeah which... that, that whole intro was funny uh he calls her handles and he asked if if uh, she regenerated. Yes. And then he gets her and Strax mixed up because they're about the same height. And he says, you guys should wear tags or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, look, just little things like that. And some of those lines I didn't catch for the first viewing because he was talking so fast. But, um, yeah, I appreciated the, the intro. I thought that was actually kind of a funny way to introduce the doctor. He's definitely a madman with a box. Like, that makes sense now. You know? Yeah. They've always called him that, but like, you know, Smith and Tennant, you know, like, sure, they have their quirks, but I never would have considered them madmen. But Capaldi is a madman. Like, he is insane. Yeah, he definitely plays that part very well. He seems like he's he's walking on a razor blade. Like, if he strays one way or the other, he's just going to go crazy. Um, you don't quite know what you're going to get out of him at any point in time. I mean, at one point during the episode, and this is jumping really far ahead, he abandons Clara just straight up. And I thought this is like, this is where we see it come to an end. Like this is going to be his defining moment of the first episode is where he just leaves Clara and something horrible happens. Yeah. He definitely had um, things that happened where, remind you that he's not matt smith um you know he he left clara which i mean i know he came back but still just kind of that whole scene i was just like wow that's just cold the way he did that and then you know there was another part of the episode where he like tells strax to shut up yes you know and it was just like wow like you know this is a different doctor for sure like in so many ways, and there's no trace of Matt Smith left in this doctor. I saw traces of Tennant and Eccleston. I saw zero traces of Smith. I'm right with you there. He's and and there were so many, there are so many dial, so many pieces of dialogue that took place between the characters that 
did they go too far to try to reinforce that fact with us? I don't know. You, you, we might have differing opinions there. I really liked how they used the dialogue between the characters or even the dialogue between the doctor and the villain at the end to kind of set you up in your mind to know that we have a completely new doctor and kind of what you said, there's no trace of a previous doctor. There's no trace of the previous doctor in Capaldi. He is his own doctor. He is something new. He's something different than what we've had before. Yeah. And let's, let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the fact that we were constantly reminded that he's an old doctor, that he's an old man, that he has gray hair, that, um, that he has wrinkles. You know, this was something that kept coming up and, um, they kind of beat us over the head with it a little bit. I think it was like they were, they had heard the complaints from the fans, you know, they had heard the concerns, you know, have they've taken, you know, that they gave us these two young doctors in a row and suddenly they're giving us the oldest doctor that we've ever had. You know, is this the right move? Is it going to alienate certain types of fans? And it was almost like we were scolded. Like, how dare you? How dare you judge someone by their age? You know, like it was just this constant reminder, like you should accept him for who he is. It doesn't matter that he's old. I can see where you're coming from on the one hand. On the other hand, now this is going to sound really strange because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fictional character. It's a fictional story, what have you. But there's a conversation that takes place between Clara and Vastra, uh, the whole veil conversation, why Vastra wears a veil um, so that she can be accepted. And then the reason why Capaldi, the reason why the doctor now has the older face is because he thought he could trust Clara. And I guess in a way, like by extension, he thought he could trust the audience as well. I don't know. I thought that was a very interesting conversation. Like w- for majority of the fans, you bought into not majority of the fans for a lot of the fans, they bought into the doctor when he had the young face, when he had the, the boyish grin, when he had the, the hair that just got tossed about like crazy. That's when we came to know the doctor. Um, now there's other, uh, others that knew him long before he got to that point. But now we're at this point where you know the doctor, and now we're going to really show you who the character is. And you don't need that boyish face anymore to follow along with the doctor. I thought they – yeah, it might have felt like they they were beating us over the head with the fact that, oh, he has he has gray hairs. And um, he plucks one out at, at one point during the episode, and Claire's like, uh, that's not your only one. If you're going to have a call, a call, I think she says, you're, it, there's a lot more – um, than just that one. I thought that they did a really good job of reinforcing, though, like why between the two characters it was safe for him to go that direction. He's always been really old. Um, Vastra said something like he's walked the the galaxies for centuries untold. Um, he, he we just thought he was young, but he's the doctor. He he's not young. He's I mean at last count twenty five hundred years old or something like that, right? Over two thousand years, isn't that what he says in his little monologue? 
Over 2,000 years old, yep. Um, yes, but I'm going to call out Vaster on this. Number one, I don't think she knows what she's talking about a lot of times. She's talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was overly mean to Clara. I didn't get that. I think she's so self-important and thinks she's too cool for school. I don't like that character that much. But she's contradicting everything we know about the Doctor when she's saying that he chose to be young um, or he allowed himself to be old because he trusted her. The doctor doesn't choose his face. The doctor doesn't decide if he's old or young. We, we know that evidence from his conversation in the alley when he was surprised by the way he looked. He was confused about why he had the face that he had. No, um, he was confused why he chose the face that he did. That's why he was confused. But who's choosing? Like, he's not... Like Matt Smith, when he's on the phone with, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> there's a Matt Smith cameo at the end of this. What? Um, <laughs> when he's on the phone with Clara, he's asking her, am I old? You know, like he didn't choose that. So who chose it? Is there like a subconscious doctor that we're not aware of that's making these decisions on how he looks? Yes. I don't, I don't think he has as much control over it as Vastra believes. Um, yeah, I... I think it's a somewhat random occurrence, even back with the eighth doctor when he was dying in that little short that we got online, you know, they were implying that it was a completely random process. And the only reason he was able to control it was because he used the, the advanced time Lord magic that was on that planet. So no, I don't, I think she's wrong. <laughs> nice. I, I, I will accept that. I think I appreciated the speech, yours and hers, just for clarification purposes. (laughs) Uh, um, What about the, what about the, if we're talking about speeches, if I can, if I may, what about the doctor translating for the dinosaur when he's asleep? So he says something along the lines of, I am alone. The world which once shook at my feet in tree, (laughs) the world which once shook at my feet, the trees in the sky are gone. I am, I am alone now, alone. The wind bites, the world is gray. So this might be getting a little bit too into English literature class or what have you. But do you think that was only referring to the dinosaur? Or do you think that in part had to do with the doctor himself? Because even Claire asks, are you translating? I think a lot of the episode... The doctor was talking to himself, um, not only with this whole dinosaur thing, but you know later on when he's talking to the the robot, and we'll get into that later. But yeah, I think some of that probably was you know him kind of just voicing what was in his own head. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure dinosaurs can't come up with that kind of poetry. I mean, I think that we have found enough skeletal remains of dinosaurs to to know that their brains weren't that big. So <laughs> the fact that he that she was saying he was actually translating what the dinosaur was saying, that would be kind of a stretch in my opinion. But maybe dinosaurs are more sentient than we ever knew. Yeah, I just thought that was an interesting line. There was so much, and kind of like what you said, when he's talking to um, the android at the end, the the droid at the end, which... Is funny that he calls it a droid. I wonder if they had to pay Lucasfilms anything for that. There's actually, um, um, I don't know the, the the complete background to it, but I believe 
that the term droid was actually used in Doctor Who before it ever was used in Star Wars. Oh, wow. Um, Look at that. I think Lucasfilm, or actually I know Lucasfilm does have a trademark on that term, but I believe it was used in Doctor Who first. They just never trademarked it. Uh, huh. So I don't know if maybe they had they got away with it because of that reason, or maybe you know maybe Moffat reached out to Lucasfilm and was just like, hey, we're going to use this. What do you guys think? Like, but yeah, I was the fact that they kept saying the word droid kind of threw me a little bit too, because you're used to only hearing that in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, fast forward a little bit and let's get to the let's get to him in the in the in the alley with the bum. Yeah, good scene, man. That was one of my favorite parts of the episode. Yeah. Um, just the dialogue with that. I mean, he's basically talking to himself. The other guy barely says anything. But <laughs> he just, yeah, everything he's talking about, looking at his face and wondering why he chose the face that he had. And is he trying to tell himself something? Um, he's seen this face before. You know, the, all of that was, was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I There were, I... Yes, the the other guy didn't say much, but what he did say, I just I loved that interaction where he does say, "Have you seen this face before?" And he's like, "I've never seen this face before." And then he pulls him down the mirror and he's like, "Have you ever have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you've seen this face before?" And the guy's like, "Yes." And he's like, "When? When?" He's like, e- "Every day or every time I look in a mirror." And he's like, "Ah, oh, good point." but my face is fresh on (laughs) the guy just is like creeped out by the entire interaction um and then we kind of we kind of see how potentially mean he can be because he started just to go after the other guy which i thought was interesting where he goes on his whole tirade about being scottish which is i don't know is this another um reference to a past episode maybe the 11th hour when he's sitting with amy and he makes a point of her being scottish i don't know but he makes a big deal about being scottish himself um and then he's like i can complain and then he said i'm cold give me your coat and the other guy's like i'm cold too (laughs) and he's well there's no point of both of us being cold give me your coat (laughs) um yeah anyways I, i i loved that that scene in the alley yeah, pretty much every scene that the Doctor was in, I enjoyed in this episode. There, The scenes that I found myself not enjoying were the ones that he was not around. When it was just, you know, Vastra talking to Clara or, or Clara talking to Strax, like some of these other interactions. But when he was on screen, I was interested. He was definitely the bright spot in this series, which is a good sign. You want the new Doctor to be the the focal point, the bright spot of the series. So I was glad to see that he he carried it, in my opinion. Definitely. I I completely agree. I guess I wasn't thinking of it that way, but you're right. Every time that he was on screen, every time he had a dialogue, I thoroughly enjoyed that portion of it. It was when he was absent where it was hit and miss. Um, With the exception of... So they end up meeting up in the restaurant, um, which that wonderful newspaper advertisement that we'll talk about that plays into a lot moving forward. Um, But then they end up downstairs. 
droid around, all that wonderful stuff. And the doctor leaves Clara and Clara has to figure out how to get out. I really loved that scene. I thought that was like, that was a high point for Clara. I actually liked her character at that point. But what was your opinion of her with the don't breathe reference, the deep breath, um, and then trying to get out of there? That that whole scene was, that whole part where they were down in that basement was kind of terrifying. I thought they did a really good job of making that that uh, literally scary situation. Um, there were just so many things about it. The fact that they were wearing people's skin the fact that they were these robots and every time they moved, it was this like click, clack, click, clack, like just this disturbing sound. Yeah. And the fact that she had to hold her breath, like everything about it was like the makings of a horror movie and, you know, very disturbing. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was a very interesting part of the show and very well done. Uh, I wouldn't put these like clockwork robots, you know, I know we've kind of seen them in a different way before, but with this like, you know, human skin and stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't put it on the level of like uh, the weeping angels, but they were creepy, very creepy. Um, but I kind of want to rewind when they were still upstairs. Okay. Because I feel like that was the stronger scene when they're sitting at the table and just their interactions at the table when uh, that was kind of their first like one-on-one interaction in the whole episode, I think. Yeah. And I think that was a, a key scene, and I really enjoyed the dialogue going back and forth between them two, and kind of, she's still trying to figure out who he is, you know, and she's kind of, she's kind of poking at him a little bit, and he's poking back, and you know, there's a, obviously some contention between them. It's it was a very very well done scene. I thought both actors did a great job with that. That was a fun scene, um, and we find out what the doctor really feels of Clara, that she's an egotistical, needy game player, and that will never change. (laughs) I thought that was, it's just, it's going to be fun to see that relationship develop moving forward. But that, I mean, even, I mean, in a way, that was even a really creepy scene um, where they come to realize that no one else in the room is breathing and everybody's, just repeating the exact same motion over and over again. But when they try to stand up to get out of there, everybody reacts. Um, it was really, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was good. The the episode really started to pick up at that point. I think I liked the villains in this episode. I, I thought they were interesting. The, you know, I liked Clara. I liked the doctor. The things I didn't like, were the things that revolved around Strax, Jenny, and Vastra. I don't like those characters anymore. Yeah. Like, going into this, I knew, and I know we talked about it on our last episode, we saw them in the trailer, and we knew they were coming, and I had my reservations about them coming back. But I'm so over these characters. They are not interesting to me anymore. I don't find Strax funny anymore. I don't know. Just the characters to me are not interesting anymore. This, what I want from those characters, because I think the concept of them is great, but you have um, you have Jenny and Vastra, who have these swords that they fight with, and they go down and they start fighting these these robots, 
but it's like they don't even get good stunt doubles to do like cool fight scenes or something where you could just be like really on board with these characters as being like oh wow that was awesome like check out the way that she dispatched of those you know it's just me and you could have gone in there <laughs> and done better sword fighting moves than they did i don't think they had stunt doubles at all i think that just regular actresses were were the ones that were swinging those swords and yeah i don't know i just was so unimpressed with those characters yeah i I feel like like whatever we knew of Vastra and Strax, Jenny is Jenny's an interesting character where she she really doesn't have anything, <laughs> to be quite honest. She has no real part in everything other than to be Vastra's other half. But whatever Vastra and Strax's character was, it just went to the extreme this episode. So yeah, Vastra had always been some sort of arrogant lizard, but that just went like through the roof to a point where it was just annoying and comical all at the same time. And Strax was always supposed to be like this comical, no nonsense, very logical, no like just goofy character. But yet he was just on the verge of idiocy like when he asks if he should send up the times and clara says yes and he whips it at her head and knocks clara down it was just like really like that's that's where we're at right now yeah. that's that's not what i expected to find in the episode that was on or, par with the the sound effect when the doctor got knocked out yeah exactly or like he's supposed to be of a warrior species and yet He's not really doing anything when they're fighting the clockwork robots. Um, Except yeah, that he was trying to shoot himself in the face. Yeah, which I, I'm still kind of like, I'm confused by that one too. Whether, yeah, where which way the gun was pointing. The first time I watched it, I thought it wasn't pointing at his face. And then the sex t- second time I watched it, I thought it was pointing at his face. But then I'm still not sure. I don't know, but yeah, I, I agree there. I would love to say that they're never going to head back to this time frame. I'm afraid though, that anytime they head back to the 18th century, these characters are going to show up again. And I, I don't want that. Maybe they're I'm fan favorites. Like I think they are. Like I think in some, there are some fans out there that enjoy them. Like, I think we might be in the minority on this well, because I know that I see a lot of people talking about these characters. A lot of people were hoping for, um, you know, a Jenny Vastra spinoff series. You know, there's people that enjoy the characters. I just, for me personally, I don't, I just don't find them the execution of the character. I don't get, I, I get the idea. I, I think the idea is cool. I think the way they've executed it, and as it's progressed, it's gotten worse. I just don't find it entertaining anymore. It's yeah. getting old. They they just need to move on from these characters. Yeah, I I agree. That's I wouldn't say that I was opposed to the characters before this episode, but it just to me it didn't add anything to it. That's it distracted from what could have potentially been an even better episode with just the doctor. It just seemed like an unneeded distraction. It was a break from the doctor, the doctor action. 
So shall we uh, fast forward to the final conversation between the doctor and the droid? Yeah. It gets interesting, doesn't it? I and mean, we get this scene where the doctor has, um, I guess, kind of started to figure things out. And he's talking to the droid. And it, it all comes down to him and the droid by themselves up in the air in this balloon made out of skin. Was it made out of skin? It looked very much like it was made out of skin. That was so gross. <laughs> I was hoping I was wrong about that. No, I'm pretty sure when he says it was powered by human skin, and then you see the balloon pop out of the top, that def- it looked exactly like, uh, what was her name? Um, from like the second episode with Eccleston, and she's... Oh, yeah, the... Uh... Ver- Veronica? No. Uh, anyways, where she's <laughs> stretched over and it's just her face. That's what it looked like. It looked like a bunch of her just formed into a balloon. Yes. She probably was in there somewhere. She probably was. That would have been a nice little like Easter egg. <laughs> you zoom in, you can see her face. Um, yeah, that was kind of gross, but that, yeah. So they're up there. The doctor realizes that this guy is kind of the main robot. There's always that main robot, right? Or there's always right. kind of like the queen that if you the kill hive the queen, mind. yeah, the, the rest die. You know, so the convenient plot point: if this guy dies, then the rest of the the robots will will die as well. Um, so the doctor, I, I I really enjoyed the part where the doctor is sitting down and he he pours the drink. Yes. And he says, "I have a bad feeling I'm going to have to kill you" or something like that. Um, you might want to drink. You might want to drink first. I know I would want one or something like. I think yeah. that's kind of how it went. But I like that. I like kind of that edgier doctor. You know, kind of threatening. That's something that we've gotten. We've gotten flickers of that from previous doctors, but not this blatant. And he's poking him the entire time because then the the robot refuses and he says, "Have a drink." It's the human thing to do. And the guy and the robot says, I'm not human. And the doctor says, well, neither am I. And he just has like this wry grin on his face. Like yeah. he he is coming into his own. He's in control of the situation and he knows exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, he's toying with this guy at this point. Yeah. And, and the robot keeps asking, well, how are you going to kill me? <laughs> Which which brings up like the one part of the conversation that I didn't really quite understand because the doctor says, you keep asking me that because you actually want me to do it. You you don't want to live anymore. Um, the doctor is basically trying to co- convince this android that he's going to that he's going to commit suicide. The android tells the doctor it's against my programming. I can't do that. And the doctor says it's against his programming to kill. Yes. So they're in this dilemma. The doctor wants he wants the android to die, but he doesn't necessarily want to kill him. And the android kind of, I guess, in a way, wants to die as well. But he, it's against his programming to jump out the, uh, jump out the door. But so. there's the there's the interesting exchange in the middle of it where the doctor says, "You're like a broom." Um, well, no, this is where we get into the the question and answer, which he does a couple times, which I love. I'm hoping that this is something about the doctor that continues moving forward where he always is saying, um, what's the question? What's the question? And then always has like the key question in mind. But he said, question, um, if you have a broom and you replace the handle, 
uh, with a new handle and then later on you replace the brush is it still the same broom no and then he basically goes on to say that he's replaced the the android has replaced his parts so many times that he's that there's not a trace of the original him left it's he's completely different than what he was when he first started he doesn't um, even remember where he got that face yes exactly which was, which was such a great you know callback to the doctor earlier saying he doesn't know where he got his face yes um, and he and, holds up the platter yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's very uh telegraphed like the the parallels here it's not anything where like we're not blowing anybody's mind with this this speculation or this you know what we're talking about right now like everyone that watched this episode picked up on this but it's know? so well done yeah and the the doctor is basically you know he's talking to the android but he's kind of talking to himself yep you know he he's no longer the same man because he's he's made so many changes over the years so yeah that was that was good stuff i really i really like that exchange and then and then we get to the part where they're wrestling in the doorway and the doctor has him pinned and he he says admit it it's over and the guy is says you're stronger than what I thought you were and then his blowtorch goes out and he's standing there and the doctor asks the question or it makes the statement that you know one of us was lying about our original programming um and then the scene breaks all the other androids in the basement fall apart the people in the basement Vastra, Jenny, Strax and uh Clara are all saved and then we find the master droid on top of Big Ben, his hat falling down, speared through the chest by the, the cross at the top, um, and the doctor standing there in the doorway. And we're left to wonder. And then the doctor is looking down, and then his eyes flick up to the screen because that's the scene from the trailer that caught my attention. Yes. And so that's kind of the scene where that happened. Um I don't know if that's telling us something. I feel like it is. I feel like that's the indication that he did do it. I and don't he know. Kind of, he kind of looks like almost like he's sad. And then all of a sudden he's, he just, his eyes just flick up, look right at you. And he's just got this dark look in his eyes. I'm like, Oh man, that guy pushed him. He did it. Here, here's the thing though. I, I wanted to believe that he stole the old man's coat. I wanted to believe that he, when he said, I'm cold too, give me your coat, that he took it by force. And we found out that he really didn't. He bought it with a watch, a mysterious watch, which I think is going to come into play at some point in the future. Or rule number one, the doctor always lies. Or the doctor, <laughs> he didn't say the doctor always lies, but the rule is the doctor lies. So yes. the fact that he told her that he bought that coat, I, I'm not buying it. No? I don't believe it. Well, that's the thing. If he bought the coat, I have serious doubts that he pushed him. But if he didn't buy the coat, and yes, he did lie, then maybe he did push him. But I'm up in the air. And I think that's one big question that we have moving forward. Yeah, and they want it to be. They they purposely oh, definitely. left this hanging. They don't want to they don't want us to know yet, you know, how far this doctor will go. Uh, but I think they, they definitely want us to think he's dark. Well, he said he will stop at nothing to protect the people on this planet. Well, there's a reason why he's so feared, you know, across the galaxy. You know, the, the doctor, you know, this won't be the first time that the doctor has killed somebody to save other people. 
Uh, he's done it before and he'll probably do it again. I think he goes through these cycles almost where he, you know, he's kind of this darker doctor. And then, you know, as time goes on and things are going better for him, you know, he's a better doctor, a nicer doctor, a happier doctor. But there's always these moments where he's got to make these decisions where, you know, he can't always be the nice guy if he wants to constantly save the human race. Sometimes he's going to have to kill something. Yep. And this is a doctor that seems to be a little bit more okay with that than previous doctors. And I would have been completely fine if the episode just ended here. Completely fine. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't end here. We have a whole heck of a lot more. Well, the last 10 minutes are jam-packed with a bunch of stuff. So the so we have the droid waking up again in paradise. Yeah, paradise. Yeah, and yeah, he's greeted know. by someone. How is there paradise for droids? I don't know. I have no idea. I have yeah, it's it, it that there's it's a huge question because we're greeted by someone by the name of Missy who claims to be the doctor's girlfriend, or at least the doctor's her boyfriend. And she asks whether she pushed or whether he pushed the droid. And she also says that she really likes his accent and she thinks he'll, she'll let him keep it this time. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of clueless as to who this character is supposed to be. Um, I believe that it's who, who, put out the ad for them to meet at the restaurant. Is that yeah. they, they indicated that I, you would based on the flow of everything. Cause the doctor's like, someone wanted us to be together. It, it, or, or he mentioned specifically, she wanted us to be together. So I'm assuming that, yeah, it would be the same person. And I've heard, I've heard some speculation that this character may be somebody else that we're not expecting. Um, possibly the master. Always expect the unexpected. A regeneration of the master. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I, obviously, this is going to be something that comes back. They're not going to just leave this. You know, there's a reason why they introduced us to this character and the idea of paradise. And yeah, so we'll see. I was a little confused about the the androids and. Were they indicating that they're like they they've been around since the beginning of time? So that's what I got from my first watch through. Second watch through, though, when he's having the conversation with the guy as they're floating away with a skin balloon, he says, "51st century, right? You crash landed in the past, and you've been trying to make it home the long way about ever since." So, so they did time travel. It was a time traveling spaceship that crashed in the past. And then uh, ever since then, they've been trying to repair themselves so that they could get back to where they came from. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how there was mechanical robots in the, you know, in the prehistoric ages. Yeah. So I was, I was a little confused. I know there's a tie in with, you know, the David Tennant episode um, with the girl in the fireplace and the clockwork robots or whatever they were called. Yeah. Uh, my personal guys. favorite. These guys are supposed to kind of be the, the exact same people, but at a different point of their evolution. Is that right? I think it's supposed to just be like 
So there's a fleet of time traveling ships, and this is the sister ship to another sh- to the to the original ship that we ran across in the David Tennant episode. Huh. So there's like the Mata or the um, Marie Antoinette, and then there's the Madame de Pompadour, which the Madame de Pompadour is from the Girl in the Fireplace, and then the other one I'm thinking is the one that's crash landed there. Uh, yeah. So I think they're just from the same fleet sister ships. Well, then we also get the, you know, the other big thing that happens is the Matt Smith cameo. Yeah, did you expect that? Yes. You did? Well, it kind of had been leaked um, quite a while back that, um, that that scene was being filmed. And I think even the dialogue from the entire phone conversation at some point had leaked online. So I was aware of it and knew that that was going to happen. I actually had forgotten. So when it happened in the show, I was surprised because I was like, oh, yeah. But then once it started, you know, once that conversation started, I was like, I know where this is going because I actually read this online uh, months ago. So that had leaked. Gotcha. I was I was floored. Um, Like there's the whole conversation as between Claire and the doctor where she basically says, I don't know who you are anymore. Well, he starts by saying, I'm not your boyfriend. She's like, well, I never thought you were. And he's like, I never said that you're the one that made that mistake. Um, and then she, he basically like leaves the door open. If you want to stay with me, she says, I don't think I know who you are anymore. Her phone rings. He says, I think it's your boyfriend. And she says, shut up. And she walks out and then she picks it up. And it was Matt Smith on the other end of the line, which I, I was like, I think I paused and I like, what the heck? That's Matt Smith. And my wife is sitting (laughs) next to me and she's like, okay, that's fine. I'm like, no, no, that's Matt Smith. And then, yeah, it was, I thought it was, I thought it was an awesome scene. Yeah. And the conversation was perfect. You know, it was kind of, he was talking to Clara, but he was talking to the audience. Yeah. You know, this is still me. Um, You know, accept him. He needs your help, you know, kind of thing. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, I feel like they beat us over the head a little bit with that. You know, trying to remind us, you know, yeah, he's different, but he's still cool. He's still the doctor. Um, But I enjoyed this, this scene with Matt Smith. I liked, you know, the fact that he made that phone call, um, the doctor, you know, I like the part where he says, who's that? Is that the doctor? And then the doctor says, is that the doctor? You know, they both say it at the same time, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but they're so different characters. They're just so different. Um, it was nice to see that reminder that yes, you know, Matt Smith is gone. This new guy is here. They're completely opposites, but they're both, they're still the doctor. Yeah. Peter Capaldi is still the doctor. And um, I had already accepted him way before this conversation, but it, it was, it was a good handoff. Yeah. And, and the part where he's like, I just, I just want you to look at me and see me. And then Clara does the whole like hook thing where I feel like where all the kids are like feeling hook or Peter Pan's face. And they're like, Peter, Peter, it is you. She like does that whole like weird sideways look at his cheek. And then she smiles and laughs because like she realizes it is the doctor. Um, But yeah, I thought that was a really, 
that was a really awesome scene. And then she hugs him, and he says, I don't think I'm the hugging type. And, and he keeps his says, arms straight out. Yes, yes. He never, he never embraced her. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a good ending, a very good ending. I was glad that they added that onto the end. Definitely. With Smith and the kind of the scene to to solidify that, you know, Claire, because she was going to leave, you know. Yep. That's kind of something we didn't mention. She was going to leave the TARDIS. She, she wanted to go home and didn't think that it was going to work. And that phone call saved it, you know, for her to come back until she dies in the Christmas special. Until she dies in the Christmas special. I think it would be more heartbreaking for her just to walk off. Yeah. Yeah. No more deaths. So we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. But uh, some random things that we should probably mention before we before maybe we give our final thoughts let let's we let, we should give our final thoughts on the episode if we liked it or not we should also kind of regroup and decide how we feel about capaldi but a couple things uh, obviously the the fact that he remembered the face is kind of you know you know fires of pompeii <laughs> right yes and i would say that we haven't seen the last of that we talked I, about it in our last episode. Like, is this going to be like a random mention of it? And then they're going to be done. Are we going to have it fully revealed in the first episode? What's going to happen? I don't think we're done. The fact that he said, what, what am I trying to tell myself? That line right there makes me think there's something to the fact that he has that face. Yep. And I am racking my brain right now as to what he's trying to tell himself. Yep. It's all going to come back to Pompeii, man. Look at the show titles. It's not going back to Pompeii. The 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 Mummy Orient train is actually going to Pompeii. <laughs> That's where they're stuck right now. Yeah, I don't. He's the mummy. Like I said, I think we talked about this when we were you were asking when, when I thought I said. Oh wait, maybe I did say it would be by the end of season one. Never mind. Don't quote me. But yeah, so <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further, did you catch the part where they're looking at the droid and? He, he looks at the – what does he look at? He looks at the eye, and he says it looks Roman. Did you pick up on that? No. There's a random line. I'm trying to think of if it, he said the eye or if he said something else, but he was looking at something on the android, and he says, huh, that's interesting. It looks Roman. But anyways, okay. I thought that was interesting considering where his face is from. Oh uh, yeah, so then we get the Tom Baker scarf comment, which he actually <laughs> he said it looks stupid, which I thought was funny. Yes. Like did he say something like I've already done that and it looks stupid? Yep, he did. <laughs> which nobody thinks Tom Baker's scarf looks stupid, right? I mean that that's one of the coolest, you know, Doctor Who elements, one of the most iconic, you know, so kind of that almost willing to throw that in the face of the fans, you know, that's just another another side of this doctor being kind of a jerk. Yeah. Um, we did get an Amy mention. Yes, we did. Uh, where he says times like this, I wish Amy was around, I think something like that. Yep. I really miss Amy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was funny. Um, yeah. And then obviously the girl in the fireplace reference and, uh, him calling from Trenzalore. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of callbacks, not only to Smith era stuff, but is you know even back to to Tenant as well. Yeah, they did good fan service on their part on that one. And Tom Baker, yeah. So yeah, all the way back to the fourth even, but yeah, that was 
some good stuff in there if you're paying attention. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the episode first. What did you think, Adam? Were you happy with this super long two-hour special as the introduction of Peter Capaldi? Did this satisfy you? I, I'm going to go out and say that it was not as exciting as the 11th hour. That I was really hoping that this introduction of a doctor would blow the 11th hour out of the water. It didn't. Um, that being said, all the worry and fear that I had about the new doctor and what could pot- potentially be coming down the pike all of that is laid aside. Um, I am extremely impressed by Capaldi. I love what they're doing with this doctor. The episode had parts that I could seriously have done without. It could have been a stronger episode overall. But push come to shove, at the end of the day, I thought it was an awesome episode. Really excited at what's coming down the coming through the rest of the episodes with, with Capaldi. For me, the the episode, I, I liked it. I had to watch it twice. The first time around, I had my issues with a lot of it. There, I was tired. I, you know, I kind of, I think I might have even fallen asleep at some point before Matt Smith even came on the screen. So I had to give it a second go. Second time around, I, I liked it much more. And overall, I really did enjoy the episode. I think it was, you know, a good a good entry for Capaldi. I completely agree with you that it doesn't even get close to being as good as the 11th hour. That's still, I think the best doctor intro that I've seen. Um, but overall, I liked the episode mainly because of Capaldi. I thought he did an amazing job. I think that I really do think that he's going to be a really interesting doctor to follow. Um, the, and all the negative stuff I have to say about the episode almost all is around the the three characters that I was bashing before. You know, that <laughs> I just yeah, I wish that they had left them out. I th- those characters to me ruined it. I didn't ruin it because I liked the episode, but they if anything was going to ruin it, it would have been them. Yeah, they 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 put just. They used them just little enough that it didn't ruin it for me, but man, I'm so ready for those characters to be gone. Yep, next episode. But, so I'm guessing that you're on board with Capaldi. I I am on board with Capaldi. I'm bought in. That's I am ready. Yeah, I'm ready for the new era. I'm ready for the new Doctor. I'm ready to see what becomes of it. He still has enough quirkiness that I find it enjoyable. He's not deadpan um, when it comes to how he approaches it. And I really like the intensity that he brings. Like you said, probably the first doctor that we've had in the modern era that could seriously be considered the madman with a box. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I love this doctor already. I think he, 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 he's shown in this first episode and, you know, Capaldi's a great actor. I've never seen him in anything else. I, I know a lot of people watch um, another show that he's popular for. 
but this is the first time I've seen him in anything, and I thought he did amazing. He 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 has the personality of a doctor. He seems like the doctor. Does he seem like Matt Smith? No, but he's got traces of he's got traces of Tennant in there. You can kind of see elements of that character. You can see elements of Eccleston. You can see uh, some Tom Baker elements, kind of that that crazy way that he is. I mean, he is the doctor, and this is such a different take on the doctor than we've gotten in a while and i'm really excited for this this new this new look of the doctor and i think uh there should be some pretty interesting stories coming up i think we're going to get more you know cheesy stuff it's just part of doctor who but there the awesome stuff should outweigh it hopefully is there the potential that capaldi could dethrone David Tennant as being the best doctor of the modern era? Uh, I think there's there's potential for that. I think there's enough. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> We're getting I... it started right here. You heard it here first. This is where this is this is ground zero for the 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 nerd fight, the geek fight that takes place. Start the flame wars now. David Tennant is no longer the best doctor. No, I didn't say that. I mean, Tennant is my favorite personally. I know other people prefer Smith, uh, and us even a smaller, you know, contingent prefer Eccleston. Everybody's got their favorite, but I Capaldi's so dynamic, I can definitely see there's gonna be plenty of people out there that jump on board and say he's the best, you know, doctor of the modern era. It, this it, is it, the one doctor to rule them all. It all depends on your taste. And if you like this kind of darker, you know, grittier take on the doctor and somebody that's going to do things that are unexpected, this is the kind of doctor a lot of people have been waiting for, but other people are going to really not <laughs> necessarily appreciate because he's so different than, than the doctors that they've loved. So do things that aren't expected, like start to walk out the door and say, door, not me. Window. I know. Go to the this window. is me. <laughs> yeah. Overall, looks like uh, we both enjoyed the episode. We're both enthusiastic about Capaldi and the season coming up. And we get another episode on Saturday. So no more of these month-long breaks between us recording. And no more classic Doctors for a while. We're going to focus on the modern series and focus on Capaldi and, and uh, get to talk about Doctor Who quite a bit more. Yes. So, Bring it. All right. Well, as always, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, head on over there. Leave us a review. Help other Doctor Who fans find our podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Bad Wolf Podcast. I think we're getting like really close to a milestone on Twitter. And when I say milestone, I say I mean a hundred followers. Yes. So, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, yeah. So we're at, I think we're sitting solidly at ninety-seven right now. Hopefully, with this. Uh, Doctor Who season starting up that can revitalize our our Twitter uh, following and hopefully we can crest that hundred. So if you listen to our podcast and you want to follow us on Twitter, head on over there and be uh, one of the three that push us over the hundred line and we will greatly appreciate it. You can also check us out on Facebook, search for Bad Wolf Radio. Um, we are updating you know different things that are going on, videos that they're releasing. Um, as the season goes on, we'll be releasing any news information. We'll be posting it over there on Facebook. And uh, just want to send us an email. Send us an email over at badpodcast at gmail.com. 